speak with the women identified directors who are making the movies we love so much more deadly is a trans inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women joining me today is my beautiful and brilliant bestie ariel hi hello gorgina how are you today i'm good you hanging in there the yeah. world is world hang got you yet no i mean i'm at that point in the year where um, I I realize or remember that the Pacific Northwest has just been like gaslighting me for the last four months. Right, 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 right. You know, it's like, oh, we're so beautiful. We have blue skies and a lot of trees and everything's so nice. Yeah. And then the weather takes a violent turn in the opposite <laughs> direction. I had a yeah. thunderstorm last night and Ooh. it's so gray and so rainy. And I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> I forgot again. Anyway, that is not what we're here for. We are here for an amazing show, an amazing show. Like this is one that we are especially excited about because it is with a filmmaker that we have been a fan of for literally years since we saw her first film, Culture Shock, which blew our minds. It was part of the Bloomhouse. What was the name of that series? Um, it was Into like a the Halloween dark. theme. Into the Dark. And it was the film Culture Shock. And it was stylistically incredible. Yeah. But also had this, it was very fun, but also had this very effective social message. And this has become sort of the trademark of this filmmaker. Um, Bingo Hell is another example of this. And of mm -hmm. course, we were talking about the, the divine Gigi Saul Guerrero, whose new film, the anthology Satanic Hispanics, is hitting theaters this week. Yes. So. <laughs> we had a really really great conversation with her we got to ask her a whole bunch of questions she was super generous with her time we probably went over we Sorry. did <laughs> <laughs> dang okay <laughs> but yeah it was amazing i i could have asked her a hundred more so to oh i know fair i feel like i actually did pretty good. <laughs> but before we go any further i just want to make this very 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 clear we spoke to Gigi exclusively in her role as the director of her segment of satanic hispanics in adherence with the sag aftra and writers guild of america strike because we support what unions unions we do not bust we do not scab no. we support unions period point blank so, and as does Gigi, who, like I said, kept in, in, in within the guidelines. Okay. Speaking of Gigi, Ariel, tell me about this director. All right. So Gigi Saul Guerrero is a Mexican-Canadian director, producer, writer, actor, and voice actor. She's mm -hmm. a true multi-hyphenate. Yes. She what is that, quadruple, quintuple <laughs> threat? Yeah. Lord. Leave some talent for the rest of us, Gigi. <laughs> 
She grew up in Mexico City in a family full of artists. And then when she was 13, her family moved to White Rock, British Columbia. As a child, so I read a little bit about some things that sort of made her into wanting to be a horror director. When she was a child, she stole a VHS copy of Child's Play from Blockbuster. Amazing. I wish (laughs) I had my camera on right now. I literally have Chucky and Tiffany sitting behind me. You do, I know. (laughs) Oh my God, and I did when we had our interview, didn't I? Yes, you did. I I didn't know this. (laughs) Fate. Fate. Kismet. It was meant to be. Yes. So she stole this VHS, but then she was too scared to finish watching it because she was just a little kid. And then she cites seeing the re-release of the director's cut of The Exorcist in theaters when she was nine as having a huge influence (laughs) on her, too. I know. Sorry. That's just the dust in my lungs. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt, too. Nine? I think I was in high school when that happened. Oh, yeah fuck off (laughs) i was like a full-ass adult living in a trailer park (laughs) oh my god yeah i had to be i just moved out of like my first place after living with my parents i was like okay i was like 19 but still (laughs) still ow all right go ahead painful i know yeah all right so i I may die of old age going. So. She graduated with honors with a BA in motion picture production from Capilano University. And then in 2011, she started acting and directing short films. Uh, Her most well-known is probably El Gigante, which has like kind of a cult following. People really love that one. In 2016, she directed a segment in the ABCs of Death 2.5. And then in 2019, she directed her first feature-length film, the one that Rachel was talking about, Culture Shock, for Blumhouse's Into the Dark series for Hulu. And if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. Go watch that one. On Hulu. Put it in your eyeballs. You will not regret it. That same year that Culture Shock came out, Variety named her one of 10 Latinx talents to watch. Agreed. Hard agree. (laughs) In 2021, she directed Bingo Hell as part of the Welcome to the Blumhouse film series on Prime Video. And almost every like short film she's ever made and every feature length film she has done has been within the horror genre. So she's like a tried and true like real horror fan. And I think you can tell that from the work that she makes. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) <laughs> so the movie we're talking about today, Satanic Hispanics, is an anthology horror film made by all Latin American directors, and Gigi directed the third segment in the film called Nuales. And uh, she also has done a bunch of other stuff, because like I said, she's a multi-hyphenate. So she has acted in commercials, a bunch of episodes of different TV shows. She's also a successful voice actor who was in Angry Birds Summer Madness, which I think was wow. the sequel to the original. Huh? Super Monsters and Peacock's animated series Supernatural Academy, among a bunch of other mm-hmm. ones too. Cool. She has her own production company. It's called Luchagore Productions, which is like the best name. <laughs> That's <laughs> so amazing. Good. <laughs> I love it. And uh, it mixes audience-driven horror with a heavy dose of Latin culture. And on her website, she says that they focus on gore, babes, and blood. Hell yeah. 10 out of 10 would watch again. (laughs) So as for what she's doing next, she is directing the movie called Jenny. It's about the life of Mexican-American singer Jenny Rivera. But don't worry. She is not leaving the horror genre behind. (laughs) 
because <laughs> she is also one of the directors of the upcoming VHS 85. Yes. You know what? VHS, I like salute that anthology series. They keep putting stuff out and they are very, they're doing a, everyone is like better and better in terms of like, it's so inclusive. Yeah. We've had so, aside from I think the first one, there's been a woman director in each and every one mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. And there was a couple in the last one and this one she's directing and so is Natasha Kermani. So. Ooh. Uh, go back and listen to our interview with Natasha Carmani. Yes. Just saying. I think that was our <laughs> first More Deadly Director's Cut. Oh, was it? I oh, shit. So it was like her and Brie. Right. For Lucky. Yeah. I think that was our very first Director's Cut. Dope. Awesome. So I'm going to give you guys a synopsis. Before I do that, let's let everybody know what the spoiler situation is. This is a new film. So we want you to understand how we're handling spoilers this time. Yeah. Ariel. <laughs> Play it on us. All right. So Rachel's going to give you a very non-spoiler synopsis. Correct. Then we're going to give you a non-spoiler review. Then we're going to get into the interview. In the interview, we do talk about some of the themes and beats of the movie. I don't think it's too spoilery, though. But honestly, you need to watch this movie. So <laughs> either way, you'll be fine. Listen to it all and then see the movie or pause, see the movie, and come on back for the interview. Plus, it's an anthology so we yeah. only talk about one segment. Exactly. <laughs> so you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you the synopsis. Satanic Hispanics, it, as you said, is a new horror anthology, and it follows a man called The Traveler. Mm-hmm. He is the sole survivor of a massacre who is taken into police custody. And then over the course of the evening, well, not evening, actually, it's an hour and a half, as he keeps reminding them, <laughs> um, he tells a series of scary and often very funny stories to the police. Uh, letting them know with each story, like, time is a ticking, and if you guys don't let me go, something bad is going to happen. So, you know, tension. As you said, all of the films come from Latin American directors, who, along with Gigi, who directs Nuales, uh, which is about a politician being stalked by a supernatural force, are Demian Rugna, who directed Terrified, which you have, if you haven't seen, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Eduardo Sanchez, you may have heard of a little film he directed called The Blair Witch Project that literally changed work forever. <laughs> Mike Mendez, who directed The Covenant. Alejandro Gruz, who directed a surprisingly fun film called Wan of the Dead. Oh my gosh, I forgot that was him. That movie yes! is fun. Damn, is. I totally forgot that. And his segment is very, very yes. fun. His is the hammer the hammer one <laughs> okay okay yes 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 there maybe we'll i don't know i don't know if we're going to talk about the other segments i guess maybe in our reviews which by the way we should do now let's do some quick non-spoiler <laughs> reviews ariel what did you think of satanic hispanic i loved it i'm a sucker for anthology films uh-huh. but there are some stinkers out there of if course. i'm honest yeah. or ones where like a single segment is good and the rest is trash yeah. This one, I feel like they're all really strong. They're all fun in different ways. Some of them really creepy. Some of them like literally made me laugh out loud, even though I was watching by myself in the dark. <laughs> um, and the other thing that some anthologies do not get right is that wraparound story. Like yeah. a lot of times it's either too vague or it doesn't come together or it's just not fun enough to like live up to the segments inside. Mm-hmm. I loved this wraparound. Uh, I thought it was yeah. great. <laughs> It's so good. The cops are great. Uh, mm-hmm. Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite was yes! in it and is awesome. He's so good. <laughs> it's really fun and inventive and just like a really great way to tie in all of these disparate stories. Really fun. And then when you look at Gigi Sal Guerrero's actual short film, so good. 
It's beautiful to look at. It's oh haunting. <laughs> it deals with both like politics in Mexico as well as like U.S. interference in Latin America in like a super mm -hmm. imaginative folk horror mm -hmm. way. And, you know, we love folk horror here. That's like one of our favorite subgenres. Oh, yes. And the elements here are great. It's one of the things that Gigi really gets into in the interview. And it is fascinating. So you are mm. definitely going to want to mm. stick around for that. Mm. Mm. Um, but those folk elements felt really like real and grounded and not uh, like sometimes they folk horror can kind of go into this like cheesy area. Do you know what I mean? And I feel mm -hmm. like this one did not do that. And I just think like she was really smart in the way she handled everything where she kind of drops you into this story and you get little pieces of the backstory to kind of understand the larger picture of what's happening without mm -hmm. just like exposition dumping on you. So I don't know. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you kind of took the words out Sorry. of my mouth. I'm, no, I'm like looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> So I'm going to kind of repeat you a little bit. I apologize, folks, but I want to be clear that like we are in alignment on this movie. Um, you know, I I do enjoy an anthology. I'm I think you like them more than I yeah. do, because I think oftentimes they're so uneven, whereas <laughs> this one to me felt like honestly solid from start to finish. Agreed. There are some that are genuinely frightening. They're like first one. I know. It creeped me on. out. Come yes. On. Yes. <laughs> And some of them are charming and funny. The second one with the vampire I loved is, it. I loved it. And then, of <laughs> course, Gigi's is incredible. It is, it's rad. I mean, from the opening shots of the jungle and the sounds mm -hmm. coming across, you know, the from the distance, it's just eerie and mysterious. And then it sort of transforms into something that's like, uh, you know, tense and and sinister and then it transforms again into this incredible full core story that is so rich because it's so rooted in, tr in in its actual mythology and it's like a part of mythology that we're unfamiliar with and so it's like world expanding and mind expanding in a way that full core should be and um you know we talked about culture shock her first film like falling in love with her ability to talk about really significant cultural societal things in a way that's still entertaining. I think that's true here. And you touched on, I think something so important is that as someone who's outside the culture, there's some information, there's like certainly commentary there about, like you said, us interference in Latin America, but it's also offers this really great insight to like insider yes. politics. And it's something that, that Gigi talks about a lot in this film. So I felt deeply entertained and moved and terrified by her segment but I also felt like educated <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and I just think it speaks again to the not just like the way having more voices enhances the genre but like why it's necessary we mm -hmm. need it for this genre to continue on and to grow and to flourish the voices we need to hear are the ones that we have not had gotten to hear as much from or at all from because there is a whole big world out there to be scared of. Like, and there are, we need to have more of that in the genre. And, and that's why I would support this anthology period, but it also is just a great time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, remember how much we loved mortuary stories? Yeah. I feel like this is another one like that, you know? Yeah. It's just We're, really solid and really fun. They're all bangers, dude. Mm -hmm. They're all bangers in different ways. And I think, 
everybody's going to get something from this, but overall, like there's no stinker in the bunch. Yeah. It's great. All right. Enough fangirling about the movie. Let's fangirl about the filmmaker. <laughs> Let's get into our interview with Gigi Saul Guerrero. Gigi. Oh my gosh. Hi. We are so excited to speak with you today. We have been following your career as fans of horror, as fans of women in horror, ever since Yay. we saw Culture Shock, which we were in love with your film style. You're like political right out the gate, all the things that we love. So awesome. I, oh, thank you so much. Where have you been? Life? You're like that pocket. I just got to take out my bag and make you feel good and put that. Smashing thank the like so button much. on social media. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so okay how, how are you feeling you know now that you get to be part of this horror anthology with all latin american uh directors that is about to premiere in theaters uh during hispanic history month how am i feeling girl it feels good <laughs> like it feels awesome like also the fact that just they honestly they had me at the name when i got approached for this project they're like check this out satanic hispanics i'm like yep like it was like an immediate i have no clue what you guys are talking about but i'm so in i'm so in anything to make my mom uncomfortable i i'm ready i'm so ready so it that. just it just feels so cool like it's it's almost it's just so much hard work that you do in this industry especially as a minority and as a woman in the industry mm -hmm. and in genre it's so nice to just have these opportunities you know they always come at the right time too something i always i'm thankful for in satanic hispanic is that this project came at the best time possible it was when i was feeling very defeated in the mm. industry it's when i was feeling a lot of rejection i wasn't getting jobs i was always getting second place in in some good opportunities and you know you start to doubt yourself sometimes and i was i was right there when these when Alejandro and Mike were like we got something for you I'm like what is it <laughs> and I really was caught like they say they caught me in my in my bad five minutes because I was like yeah so I was very very motivated to do something very angry <laughs> I think right. I've, seen that, I've seen that in so many reviews Gigi's segment is is very angry I'm like I was but now I'm, <laughs> I'm so pumped about it yeah. <laughs> well, we always respond well to like angry women in films. So uh, we really connected with your segment. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But it, the feeling is great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and speaking of that, I mean, you're the only woman who directed a segment for uh, Satanic Hispanic. So what was that experience like for you? And are you kind of hopeful that there are maybe more Latina directors that get this kind of opportunity in the future? 100%. You know, we always have to keep that door open to who's next. And I definitely, you know, we were we were searching for one more voice at the time. And I remember sending a, a lot of female voices and it was really great to actually connect with so many and it was kind of cool to hear they're too busy. <laughs> so oh wow. It was kinda, That's so great. It was kind of neat to hear like people are working, you know, that are just like me and I'm hoping I'm I'm really hoping that, you know, more anthologies like Satanic Hispanics will be the door for other minority voices or unrepresented voices. Because um, that opportunity, I got to really be myself in Satanic Hispanics. It had been a while. 
you know, you work so hard uh, under a studio and it's still a proud achievement, but you don't have that full creative control and freedom like you do with short films. Mm -hmm. And definitely with Nawales, it was perfect to just be yourself. Be your angry self. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I have a fantasy now that we're talking about this. I, you, have you seen that anthology XX? I want the, the Latina version of that. Ah, <laughs> For, I think cool. you, yes, I think you should that's spearhead cool. that. I'm just, I'm just manifesting that. I'm putting it out into the universe. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm putting it on totally like amazing. that. That's a really cool idea. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Oh, I see you, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I love that. I love uh, that. But it's it's these that's what's so great about genre and indie genre. You know, you get to really connect more than just the stories, you get to really connect with the filmmakers more. You get to really, really connect with the voices behind the camera and being like, what were you thinking? You know, <laughs> and then you see it's someone that's so normal, you know, someone that's so normal yet inside of the darkest, the darkest creature walking the earth. You know? I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, let's talk about like, let's get in your head a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about No Hotless because it is such an incredible segment. Honestly, the entire anthology is the best anthology I've seen in a very long time. That's and awesome. I love your segment. So you, your segment was filmed in what you have described as the birthplace of witchcraft. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And is it yeah. true that you had to have a shaman come and bless and like do a ritual before you shot in that location. Everything we did in this segment was too legit that we had to like <laughs> stop on the last day and start to pray all of us because too oh many gosh. things were too real. But yeah, Katemako is actually, you just don't go there alone, period. And Katemako is, it is the birthplace of witchcraft. It's actually, we got so inspired to read so many articles and know so much about this place that actually politicians of Mexico go there. They go there to get more power. They go there to get blessed. They go there to get cleansed. They go there for any kind of spiritual, I guess, cleanse of some sort for their next um, election. Oh, so I was like, whoa, it's super crazy. And also in Catemaco is uh, in the jungle there, it's really hard to hike and get there but it's the one satanic cave there and you go inside it and there's this massive satan uh statue in there i ain't going there oh, wow. if that's what you think i, I, <laughs> I was wondering yeah, that's that. the one place i was like no man but the jungle that we shot uh is called nancy yaga that jungle we did have to ask permission to the shamans we had to ask permission to shoot there because it is such a preserved um indigenous jungle and you yeah. see the statues everywhere you you see the shamans live there it's so real and you feel this energy so a lot of the sound design is actually on camera when you hear the monkeys and the and the birds and it's 100 something came in the actress when she was like Siéntelo. like when she's like feel it she even herself when i called cut yeah. and the actor that's tied up they both were like I, I i wasn't in my body anymore like she she started to shake she felt so weird because all the animals were screaming it was like the jungle came so alive and 
every, you know, all of us Mexicans, we're very spiritual. So we believe in everything. We believe in all. But the two, <laughs> the two guys from Canada, my two homies from Luchagor, so the producer and the cinematographer who don't speak any Spanish, uh-huh. they don't believe in any of this. But coming to shoot this, feeling it, they were the most scared out of everyone. They were like, yo, this oh, is wow. all real. <laughs> You're like that. So, yeah. So you know, all the stories that I've I've shared of shooting there are are very real. And uh a lot of things went wrong on set, a lot of spooky stuff happened. But we wanted to be so connected to the folklore and the mythology of the Nawales. Mm-hmm. We wanted to really understand where they're coming from and, and just feel that true magic that it is to shapeshift like they call it so yeah. we we uh, those stories are just not told enough and uh yeah that's <laughs> totally so true i found myself like after i watched it i immediately went and like read all about it and i saw some of the awesome. art on like the like the olmec art all of that stuff and was like really oh, blown good for away you. by it <laughs> yeah. that, that was yeah. the goal that was the goal was to immediately for people be like Okay, am I in a while? Can I be in a while? What is this? Right. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so day at the end animal. Of it, totally, like, which, which, which spiritual animal are you? Mm-hmm. So something, you know, that's really cool about Nahuales is that it's actually looked at in Mexico as a negative thing, as a scary thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people in our culture, because we are, most of us, Catholic, we do think that it's playing too close with witchcraft or mm. santeria or satanism and that's why they shapeshift it's turned into far-fetched thoughts uh-huh. so and also because it's said that nawales use their inner animal for only vengeance or for only bloodthirst acts and it's not true actually nawales is is kind of a, a beautiful thing like like in many movies we see, you know, like it's actually a beautiful yeah. spiritual animal we all carry, but it's looked at in such a negative light. Yeah. And so something I said was, well, I mean, maybe that a reason for being so violent. So yeah. I want to tell that story that oh, really yeah, applies yeah. to indigenous all over the world, mm-hmm. fighting back um, and just having a politician from Mexico forcing you to give them power, forcing you to do things. Yeah, but at the end, you know, they were taken advantage of. So I wanted to give them the light of the good guys in this one. Uh, I think that comes across so much, and just the location that you shot it at, like everything did feel so real that you get really like lost in the story. And you know, yeah, it is gorgeous, (laughs) especially that (laughs) final scene where you just see like the beauty of the waterfall. I was like, oh, I want to be there. You know, Rachel and I both absolutely love folk horror. It's like one of our favorite subgenres. So we were very excited when we put this on and realized that your segment was folk horror. And I really, I really love the ritual scene there. And there's so much like detail and specificity to it. Like the way that that circle is formed, the knife that is used, even the Nawales woman, the way that she is dressed it all feels like it's coming from somewhere. So how much of that is your sort of creative invention and how much comes from that folklore you're talking about? To be honest, girl, like we, we did research uh, a lot. I, I wanted it to look as close as mm-hmm. possible to everything. I mean, the only thing, you know, that maybe was my invention a little bit was just collaborating uh, in that dialogue that she speaks about making it more poetic 
making mm-hmm. it just so honest. You know, I, they, a lot of a lot of the rituals I was finding, uh, we did we did everything close to home with the fruits and the flowers and the plants and the water and the circle. Like everything was just like it, the types of prop, the type of knife, like everything, everything from costumes, everything. But definitely the dialogue, what I wanted, I was like, I want her to speak more poetic in general, how Mm -hmm. angry she is. Mm -hmm. And calling her, calling her mother earth was to me um, important. Like that, that was the one thing I was like, She's going to speak just in general of how we all suck. And one thing that she, you know, she says that is very true to Mexico in, as a whole is how we have lost faith of everybody that sits on the throne of our country. In this mm-hmm. case, the government, the politicians, we've lost faith in that, those who were supposed to protect us. And that's a very truthful thing. The, the corruption is is a thing in Mexico and and so I, I I just wanted it to come from Mother Earth, you know, like she is more than just a shaman in this movie. Uh I loved your question. Like it it, it really I think with folk horror, I think the closer you 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 do it, the more authentic it'll feel. I think it will put Absolutely. everyone at ease. Mm-hmm. Even though you have the opportunity, right, to create any rules in the mythology, but there's already so many that might as well go for it. Might mm-hmm. as well be so true to it. Yeah. I mean, I added a little extra blood. Maybe, 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 I really like that. If you want to ask me, like, what did I do different? I think the amount of blood. Sure. <laughs> well, we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. It's so layered. And I really appreciate that about it. Like, one of the things, like, with full core, having it come from you, your voice, your perspective, you know, oftentimes we exotify these kinds of things, you know, when it's not coming from people who like actually have a respect or a knowledge of that experience. Right. And I think that that really comes through in this and it like allows you to not like to experience the culture in a way that is much more fulfilling and less exploitative. And I, I love that about this. Um, totally. totally. Yeah. And then the political stuff is so layered as well. And I think it goes back to like the origin, the, the culture shock, right? Um, I love hearing about how you pulled in sort of like local politics, like the way that they use that space and exploit that space locally. But there's also like external corruption. Like we get, without getting into spoilers, there's some like CIA, you know, intervention in this. And I'm, I'm curious if, some, if you're kind of speaking to maybe making a statement a little bit about like U.S. back in Latin America or like what what do you want audiences to take away from that aspect of the story yeah I mean I I have to give huge props to my longtime producer Rainer that he himself he was the one that was like if we're gonna go for this we should go shoot in Catemaco I'm like no man I don't know if that's I, I don't know I, I I'm always the one that was like <laughs> it's it's very dangerous like I don't think we should he's like no but I I, I know it's gonna transcend on camera and shots. the more, Ooh. yeah, and it and it was the best decision ever. But having so many political sprinkles on it, we just see such. I feel, anyways, but in my team, we all felt that there's such a divide between countries. We're supposed to help each other, and sometimes we always hear in the news is this cartel cartel member got caught. Oh, this politician was actually part of so and so mob, and blah blah blah. But we never actually help each other. 
We never actually help each other. We we start wars instead. That's how the drug the drug war started. We should have mm-hmm. we should have just worked together. Um, watch Narcos Mexico. You'll get your history. But <laughs> if we if if we had just just come together a little more, and so we wanted to have those glimpses in the start where this politician is just another one that will help you get elected if you help us catch that guy. So it's it's not helping anybody at the end of the day. Right. So yeah. we we wanted all that almost like that real pressure, that real horror uh, to yeah. start the movie. And, 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 you know, at first it's interesting. It won't spoil too much in this talk, but we were like, let's have people sympathize with this politician, how he has yes. to say out loud, his family's all dead. His family's all killed. Mm-hmm. But with the, with the CIA on the phone, zero remorse, zero right. care. Cool. Yeah, now give us the information. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's real. And that's the real horror. So, I, I really wanted to make a slow burn that talks about all reality of things that yeah. doesn't have to be explained, but as long as you feel it, you know, it's true. Um, and then we go into the GG-ness of it, but yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to say thanks to, thanks to Rainer, these, these possibilities in the, in the segment while creating it just made it that much more uh, fun to put the story together. Yeah. I mean, the setting is incredible. Oh, from those opening scenes, those vistas, and then the sound of, of the, the yell, you know, the, the sort of guttural shouting across the hills. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful and terrifying at the same time. Like you just can't beat oh, that. Oh, awesome. Totally. <laughs> and, and there's an energy there. As soon as mm-hmm. you get to those hills, that jungle, like you are like, all right, like we are here. Like you, there's a very magical energy there that you just know if you believe in the stuff you know this is where everything gets performed yeah Yeah. oh that's so great i mean and you really do layer in all that political stuff in a way where it doesn't feel like heavy-handed exposition i mean i even love the fact that early on in the film you know that the main character isn't an innocent just because you see him washing blood off his hands like it's a really clever way of doing that without having to like have somebody do an exposition dump you know Oh, awesome. Oh, I'm so glad you guys got it. <laughs> There's some people that are, are like, I'm like, you don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, focus exactly. people. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we speak with a lot of women identified directors on our podcast. It's sort of what we're passionate about. And a lot of the women we've spoken to have talked about like how challenging this business can be. And I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if you found unique challenges both in being a woman and being a minority? And if that's something you think throughout your career, you've seen changes happening? Oh, that, I love this question. I, I just feel very lucky to be a filmmaker in the time of change. There's still a lot of, a lot of room to uh, keep going on the right path. But I mean, 10 years ago, when I almost did my first short film, El Gigante, which is the one that got me out there. Mm-hmm. Back then, I felt the lack of support um, when it came to diversity and authenticity. Uh, I really, I didn't feel that much of opportunities were out there, but living through my career and graduating film school, it's been amazing that it's actually the calling card that everybody needs. Uh, I remember, you know, culture shock came at a time where people started voicing out loud. How come there's not been a single female 
director to come out yeah. of uh, to come out of there. You started know, this stuff. podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just it, it. I I was like, you know what? I think before Nacho. Sorry, my dog's like, mom. He's going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think it's super cool to actually witness that you can be yourself now as a filmmaker. Don't be a yes person. They don't want to hire you. That's because they don't want authenticity. I find that before, when I was just starting, just starting, you had to say yes to everything. Yeah, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do this. Yeah, sure. We don't have to change the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll direct it like that. Yes, yes, yes. But then when Culture Shock came, it was the first time in my career that I pitched for a feature and that I actually said, you know what? I'm going to be myself. And that was the first time that I pitched, no, I actually don't like your script. I, I would suggest doing it like this because blah, blah, blah. And it, I, I they were like, okay, cool. You got the job. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> it was, I was like, oh my God, being honest worked. And it's sad that that, that was how I would think being honest worked. What? And now I do it for everything since. And if somebody don't like it, nah, well, chinga su madre, like we say in Spanish. <laughs> and I'm like, fine. But now is the time for any starting filmmaker. And I tell this to my students here at Vancouver Film School, be yourself. Because now it's actually important to be yourself, stay authentic, stay true. Because everybody wants to hear the unrepresented voices because they're the stories we don't get to see. Still a lot of, you know, washing down a lot of stuff. But that's okay. It's it's right now the only time we're getting that that change. So we just have to keep pushing it. So it's actually an advantage to be female, to be young, to be minority. I'm like, okay, baby, que paso? Let's go. Like, okay, <laughs> I got every card. Pick a card. Which one you want? So that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear that because, I mean, it's something that we feel so strongly. Like, like the horror genre has become so much richer in the last few years as we've gotten so much more diverse voices. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's and really and in genre, like totally am because also in genre, I think it's the most loving fan base there is. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most supportive fan base, the most honest. Well, that can be a little scary, but <laughs> it's it's the it's the fan base that they welcome subtitles, they welcome movies from other parts of the world, they welcome everything. So, I mean, who knew Squid Games was gonna be like the top show? <laughs> and and that thing ain't for everybody. And you know, right. it's, that, it's that kind of stuff that we as filmmakers are so responsible for to continue to challenge audiences because through the audience is how the change is going to come. So they yeah. keep saying, you know, like we want more shows like that. Oh, hell yeah. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got we, we to keep making that change. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is, is that if I can't do that job that I'm getting offered, because I'm busy or I don't want to or something, it's my responsibility as a minority, as a woman, as a Latina, to say, but I know who can and mm-hmm. put that door open mm-hmm. to the next girl. And that. if I don't do that, then we're only playing competition card like it's always been. Yeah. So definitely that's that's the approach we just have to do today. And hopefully some guys do that for us, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I have no doubt that you are going to be opening a lot of doors. I'm excited to see all the ones that you walk through and all the people who follow you. Like I said, I'm (laughs) totally manifesting. 
I'm manifesting that anthology. Um, I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and being so generous with your time. This has been an absolute dream. I cannot say enough how much I loved your film and I loved your segment. And I can't, it's going to be so hard not to talk about until everybody else has seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. I appreciate it. You, you guys are awesome and keep having awesome backgrounds and keep your pink hair, please. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, ladies. Thank you. All right. So that was our interview with Gigi. I told you when we started that we had an amazing episode today. I told you that she was awesome and that the conversation was great. No lies detected. Where is the lie? (laughs) (laughs) How awesome was that? Oh, she was amazing. She was so good. I mean, uh, sometimes people, when you interview them, they'll give you like one or two sentence responses, but her responses were so rich. There was so much information in there. I just loved everything that she said. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, like there, I think doing press, like doing press days, things like that is it's exhausting. Oh, it must be. Yeah. And I don't think we were the first person of the day, no. that to, <laughs> but like she had so much, she was so engaged and, yeah. so, and you can feel her passion for her craft, for the film, all of those things just come through and it makes it a joy to have these conversations. But also what she had to say was so fascinating. Like, oh, my God. I, <laughs> yes. Everything about the location. I want to go. I want to see the satanic cave. So I know. Bad. I know the way she said that the forest just kind of like came alive. Mm-hmm. And then in order to film in this one location, they literally had to have a shaman come. I mean, Ugh. it's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, just talking about all those folklore elements that really came from, you know, real stuff, too. I I think you can feel that when you're watching the film, but it was really interesting to hear her talk about it. One thing that, like, shocked me, I didn't understand, like, I thought that was the fictionalized part, Mm -hmm. was the stuff about the politicians, like, using the Noel Hayes the way that that this one does. To know that that's actually, like, plucked from actual culture blew my mind, and I was like, God. I thought this was good already. Yeah. <laughs> now you just level this shit up, <laughs> Gigi. <laughs> but yeah, I loved that. I loved, you know, um, her wanting to talk about wanting to make something angry. I think she succeeded. Mm-hmm. For sure. I yes. loved the detail about how the people who were like non-believers got into the jungle and were like, we believe yeah, it's that, like, real. Those people like actually <laughs> freaked out. Yeah. The people like were non-religious and non-believers. <laughs> oh my God. So cool. I love it. I love it. I loved hearing about how, oh my God, this is something I loved. Okay. So we've talked about this before on the show many times, but if for some reason people are here for the first time, part of the reason we started this podcast was in response to the thing about Jason Bloom saying that women didn't want to make horror. Yeah. And we were like, Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Let's signal boost the many, many incredible women making horror. But to hear when she like reached out to other Latina directors to see if they were available and she said they were too busy. That feels, I mean, I understand it's anecdotal, but it feels significant. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that she talked about like wanting to pull other women up with her, you know, as she gains more and more success. So cool. Yeah, that and I love I mean, I, I pitched it. I'm hoping like I have sparked a little inspiration. (laughs) I want an all Latina anthology. She said that she was into it. She seemed genuine too, like kind of blown away by the idea. It would be amazing. We need that. Yes. Um, I love that. I hope that it is a bellwether comment 
and that we are going to start seeing more and more horror from this perspective because it, the text is rich. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I is... want more folk horror set here for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then last thing that I was really, really struck by was when she talked about how everything changed for her when she finally said no and yes. started like putting her foot down. It reminded me of what Kelly Colley was saying when she walked in for that meeting for Jagged Mind and she was like, I didn't think I was going to get the job. So I kept it real and said, I want to change this. I want to make the person of color. I want to move it to, to New Orleans, although it ended up in a uh, little Haiti in Miami. Like, and they were like, you got the job. And I think it's a lesson that I need to hear and mm-hmm. more people need to hear that. Like, if you stand in your power, like, you know, people will read that. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Great no, I think we're so socialized not to do that, that yeah. I think it's an important message to hear. Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know about you, but I had a great time talking to Gigi. I hope it's first of many conversations because she just keeps putting out incredible films that we can't wait to talk about. Agreed. Yeah. All right, everybody. I don't know if we've said this already, but Satanic Hispanics will be in theaters on September 14th. So do your part. Get your butt to the theater. Support this movie. I promise you, you will not regret it. It is a ton of fun. And it tells the powers that be that this is the kind of movie that we want and we deserve. And these are the kinds of filmmakers we want to hear more from. Because, my God, this movie is fun. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up, girly? No. All right. Here we go, everybody. Are you ready? Are you ready? Never heard this before. I really probably should just make a canned audio thing. Yeah, I have to do this you should. Everybody's like, here we like go. Time drop to it in. <laughs> Did you have some thoughts about this interview? Did you have some thoughts about what we should be talking about next? Is there a movie that's slid under our radar that we really need to review? I don't know. Maybe you just want to say hi. Whatever the case may be, you can always email us at rachelzombiegirls.com. Or you can come chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook page or slide into them DMs. You know, the direct messages. That's what it stands for, grandma. Uh, (laughs) ZG Podcasts. That's ZG Podcasts, plural, on Instagram. X. I die inside every time I have to do this. You know what? Twitter. I'm done. I'm done with the X. I've decided. I'm making a decision today. Fuck that shit. Elon doesn't tell me. I tell him. Twitter. (laughs) Uh, although who knows how much longer we'll be on there Um, and threads as well still waiting to hear if people think we should be on blue sky let me know should we be on blue sky I don't know we'll see if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because you've already taken your butt to the theater on September 14th to see satanic hispanics then you can check out our video on demand and streaming calendar where we keep track of all the spooky duetry on Instagram no not on Instagram Wow, part of uh, there's been a glitch in the matrix. (laughs) All the spooky doings that are on all of the various streaming services and video on demand. It is spooky season, and that means there is a whole lot of it. And you're gonna want to know where what's coming out and where to find it, and we got you covered. And if you click on it and you rent something, guess what? That's an affiliate link, and you supported your favorite podcast or us whichever i don't know i hope we're your favorite but i can't decide that's for you to decide you decide that i just try to make quality content that will make us your favorite but ultimately it's up to you anyway click on the links or you can support us by buying some of our awesome merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch or support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls where you get extended episodes bonus episodes 
spooky season things hang out on our discord dude that is the moneyest of all of the perks let me tell you because we have no lives and we're on there like 24 7 <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> all right girl that just leaves our plan for the next episode ariel what are we doing so for our next episode we have an amazing guest coming on well actually eek. two amazing guests coming on eek, eek. <laughs> Rachel is going to be out of town, so Matilda joined me (laughs) (laughs) to review the movie Make-A-Wish by director Sharon Ferranti with Patrick from Scream Queens. He is amazing. Fangirl, fangirl, fangirl. I know. (laughs) I'm so excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the movie is tricky to get, but when it drops, Rachel is going to put a sneaky little link for it on YouTube in the show notes, so you'll be able to watch it. And okay, I didn't get to be on this episode, but I did watch the movie and uh-huh. I liked it way more. Right? <laughs> you guys actually do kind of want to watch this movie. Like this is it's a zero budge, but it is so weirdly charming. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. And I think it's also important like in queer horror cinema yes. history. So Indeed. Indeed. Do you want to be considered a queer cinema a scholar? Well, then you better watch Make a Wish and listen <laughs> to these smarty pants talk about it. All right, Ariel. <laughs> on that note, we are done. We are done. We have fangirls all we can fangirl over Gigi. So I think we should call it a day. Take us out. All right. That's it for us. It's been another episode of More Deadly Director's Cut. Thank you to Gigi Saul Guerrero for giving us her time and answering our questions with so much grace. You're so smart. We loved having you. And uh, watch Make a Wish for the next episode because that's what we're going to be reviewing. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. But especially Gigi. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Neal.